got something I want to read for y'all this morning. Some of y'all might not realize this is going on in the world. Y'all probably do. This is not y'all's first rodeo. Can't find what I did with it. It's here somewhere. There it is. Y'all know who Alex Trebek is? Alex Trebek has been the host of Jeopardy for I don't know how many years. We got diagnosed with some tumors and uh, cancerous tumors, and he asked the people to be thinking about him. He said, I appreciate your prayers. He did this on TV. Well, it came back in People Magazine, and they were talking to him in People, People Magazines, and he said, the doctor said that they had, hadn't seen that kind of positive result in their memory. Some of the tumors have already shrunk by more than 50%. It's kind of mind-boggling. I've already gone from where I was to this. The doctors are so excited, just beside themselves with joy. And this is what he told People Magazines. I told the doctors, this has to be more than just chemo. I've had a couple of million people out there who express their good thoughts, their positive energy, and their prayers. The doctor said it could very well be an important part of this. Now, he's given some credit to the prayers. Now, when NBC reported this and CBS, when NBC and CBS reported this, they reported it by saying this. They said that he said, and they, they quoted him as saying, in People Magazine, Alex Trebek said, I've got a couple million people out there who have expressed good thoughts. I told the doctors this has to be more than just the chemo. They cut off the prayers. Now, when your president calls it fake news, he's right. Y'all are not getting the news. They're, 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 they're cutting. They don't like prayers, so they cut it out. They don't want you to think about God. They don't want God to get any kind of credit at all. Uh, I, I found this news report just uh, di trying to dig around for something good to talk about. <clears throat> two Florida teenagers had hoped for a miracle from God while stranded in the ocean for two hours. Trying to hold each other up as they grew weaker two miles off the coastline, Tyler Smith and Heather Brown began to pray. The 17-year-olds year old, had been celebrating Senior Skip Day, but got caught in a current while swimming in Valano Beach. They shivered uncontrollably as their skin turned pale. He said, I cried out, if you really do have a plan for us, like, come on, just bring something. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a teenager you just want to slap around? Like, just like, come on. I'm just quoting him, y'all. Y'all don't get mad at me. <laughs> but he's yelling out at God. They're, they're about to drown him and this, his girl are out there. And he said, just... Uh, if you really have a plan for us, like, come on, just bring something. See, there's no, uh, there's no atheists in foxholes. When you're getting ready and you think you're about to die, things change. Then the crew aboard a boat named the Amen. This, this guy was on a boat he called the Amen. Heard their cries for help over the wind, waves, and noise of their engine. It was kind of surprising we heard them, the captain said, especially when they were 150 yards away almost 200 yards away but I was definitely but it was definitely the scream that we heard and that's why we were looking around the men who were sailing from South Florida to New Jersey pulled the shaking teenagers aboard the first words that came out of my mouth were God is real that's one of the, that's one of the teenage the teenage girls said God is real the crew called the Coast Guard by, for a rescue boat and tried to warm the teens with blankets the teens were were able to talk normally again after about 10 minutes. Smith, the boy that cried out, later cried in the hospital, amazed that they had survived. This captain said, there were too many coincidences, in my opinion, for this to, to be a coincidence. 
I truly believe it was divine intervention. It had nothing to do with me. I was just put there at the right place at the right time, and I did the same, I did the same thing any else would have done. I just pulled them aboard. He's giving credit to God. And these teenagers are saying, there is a God, there is a God. We were saved miraculously, but you don't hear about it. Those are the kind of stories that I want to hear. And they hide that stuff way off. You've got to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig for that stuff. Uh, You've got to watch out for the news media. All right, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. That was the news for the morning. Mark chapter 4, verse 34. Go up to verse 34. Mark chapter 4, verse 34. And this, of course, is talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's been telling parables. He told the parable of the, of the sower of the seed, and he's been telling these parables, but he's only been telling his disciples what they mean. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. If you weren't one of his disciples, he'd tell you in a parable so you couldn't understand it, and it, were, it confused you. And then when he'd get his disciples alone, his disciples would ask him, what does that mean? And he would explain what it means. And that, of course, happened at the very beginning of Mark chapter 4. But we're, we're focusing on this. So after he'd done that, verse 35, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. So Jesus said, let's get in the boat and let's go on to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat unto the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? So they're in this storm. The, the, the waves are, are beating on the storm. The, the water's coming in the ship. It looks like the ship's about to go down. And they go to look for Jesus Christ. And there's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the back, sleeping on a pillow. Asleep. While all this is going on, they're afraid they're about to die. So they wake up the Lord. And they say, uh, Jesus, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Don't you care that we're about to, I'm about to die? We're all about to die. We're all about to drown. And verse 39, he arose, Jesus Christ arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, he, Jesus turned unto his disciples, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly. <laughs> they were afraid they were going to drown. And then when they see a man stand up and go, Peace, be still, be calm. And they see that ocean just go. They see the lake just calm down. They were afraid and then they got even more afraid. Amen. I would too. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Amen. I want to preach this morning on what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? They ask the question, but it's not as much of a question. Notice, what manner of man is this? It's in as much a question, it's, a, it's in amazement. They're like, whoa, who, who could do, what kind of man could do something like this? Well, well, he's all man and he's all God. Amen. What kind of man is this? He's the son of man and he's the son of God. Amen. Look at verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillar. That's the son of man. See, that's the son of man. 
He's all man. He gets tired. He needs sleep. He needs to rest like every one of us do. But look at verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. That's the Son of God. Amen. He's all man and he's all God. He's both. They call him full of man and full of God. They call him true man and true God. Who is that that's asleep on the pillow? Well, that's the Son of Man. Who's that that's asleep? Who's that that's calm in the sea? That's the Son of God. Amen. See, Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. He's, he's all man and He's all God. He's like us. He can get cut. He can get beat. He can get tired. He can get weary. He can do all those things that we, we have to deal with being in the flesh. But He's also the Son of God. He's God manifest in the flesh. He can do those things that only God can do. What manner of man is this? He's the Son of God and He's the Son of Man. He's both. He's all God and He's, he's all man. Uh, he's the one that puts us with God. What manner of man is this? He's the one that puts us in favor with God. That's the kind of man He is. Uh, I read a story of a woman, a lady that was about to pass away and she was on her deathbed and her husband and her son were at war with each other. They didn't talk. They wouldn't have anything to do with each other. And as she laid on her deathbed, she said, I call, call, call my husband in here. And her husband came in, and her husband was talking to her, and, and, uh, uh, and, and she was talking to her husband for a little while, and then she said, well, call in my son. And she, I can't remember the son's name, and, and her husband uh, was at the edge of the bed, and her husband went, and he, she grabbed hold of her husband's hand, and she said, no, 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 don't leave. And the husband and the son, the dad and the son hadn't talked for years and years. And the son came in and he kind of made a, just a halfway glance at his dad. And he went over to the other side of the bed where his mom was laying there dying. And as the husband sat on this side of the bed watching his wife die, the mother took the, her husband's hand and she took, grabbed a hold of her son's hand. And she says, I want y'all to have love one for another. And she placed both her hands together on top of her. And she took her last breath and went home to be with the Lord. And as the husband looked down at his dead wife and the son looked down at his dead mom and they both had their hands together, they looked up at each other and tears started rolling and they leaned over the bed and hugged each other. That's what Jesus Christ does for us. He took his hand as a man and grabbed my hand as a man and said, Keegan, I know you're a man. I know you're flesh. I know you, you can't do this. And he took his hand as the hand of God and said, Here, God the Father, here's your son. And he took him and he put us together. And only his hand can reach up to God. And he, only his hand that can reach up to God can reach down to me and help me. He's all man and he's all God. And if he wasn't all man and all God, if he wasn't the son of man and the son of God, he couldn't do that for me. But He did do that for me. Amen. Not only can He do that for me, He did do that for me and also for you. If you need salvation in Jesus Christ, and if you don't have it, let me tell you something, you need it. You need it. He's all man and He's all God. What kind of man is this? He's a man that has complete faith in God. Look at verse 38. He's a man that has complete faith in God. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master... Carest thou not that we perish? And verse 40 he said, And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He said, Why are you afraid we're going to die? We're not going to die here. Now, Jesus Christ put all his faith in God, and he had complete faith God was going to do what he said he was going to do. Now, 
Why was Jesus Christ so assured that he wasn't going to die right there? Well, he's so assured of it because he was supposed to die on the cross, and he knew that. The Father had already revealed that to him. You're going to go to the cross, they're going to beat you, they're going to whip you, you're going to be crucified, and you're going to die. And on the third day, I'm going to ri- you're going to raise again. He knew this. He told his disciples at the end of his ministry, he knew this, and he revealed it to them. So he knows what the Father's done, told him, and he's listened to what the Father said, and he believes and puts his faith in what the Father said. Now, we don't know our immediate future. Amen? We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And like Brother Ronnie saying, Brother Deems, he went home to be with the Lord way, way too young. We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what our immediate future is. But we know what the Father's told us about our eternal future. We know what the Father has told us about what His heavenly home is for us. That we have a heavenly home and that when we take our last breath, that we won't see death, that the angels will be there to carry us on to be with Jesus Christ in heavenly glory. We know those things. And we live our life in faith. And Jesus Christ is a man that lived in faith and put all his faith in what the God the Father, his Father, God the Father had told him. And as a Christian, we need to keep in mind, we need to put all our faith in what God the Father has told us about our eternal future. I can't promise you anything about your immediate future. I can't promise you what tomorrow is going to be. Nobody can. No doctor, no scientist, nobody can. And this Bible doesn't try to tell you. The Bible, te- the Bible warns you that nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. But we put so much on it like, well, why is God doing this to me? Why is God doing this? He, he's got his plans. He's got his purposes. And as, he, as we go through these storms in life, like they're in this storm of life. As we go through these storms of life, we tend to think that way. Well, what's God doing this way? Well, God's got a plan. No matter what he does to you, you know in the end it's going to work out okay. That's what we want. Well, we prayed, and I know, I, I can assume that most of y'all did too. I prayed so earnestly for Brother Deems to be healed up. That man had so much he could do for God and was doing for the Father. And I prayed and prayed that... God the Father would heal him up and get him off that bed of affliction. When I talked to Brother Deems on the phone, he was, he was happy. He was cheerful. He said, I, I believe God's going to do something for me. And he didn't. And I prayed for the healing, and he didn't get healed. Well, that's a lie. He did get healed. Brother Keegan, you just said, you just said that he passed away, that his body is about to be put in some dirt. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. But you said he got healed. Yeah, he got healed. Amen. See, you're thinking that life is this body. You're thinking that life is this filthy flesh that your soul is encapsulated in. And it's not. Your life is this soul and this spirit, the living spirit of God that's in you. And no matter who you are, if you live to be 150, you're still going to go into this grave if Jesus Christ don't come back. You're going to get rid of this body. Your life is not this flesh. Your life, this, your life is this soul that's in this flesh. And it's eternal. And you're either going to live in eternity with God the Father, with Jesus Christ in heaven, or you're going to live eternity in a devil's hell that was never meant for you because you won't receive Jesus Christ. So when I say that Brother Deems got healed... I mean that. Amen. We pray and pray, God heal them up, God heal them up, God heal them up. And then they pass away and we say, well, they didn't get healed. God gave them the ultimate healing. Amen. Sometimes, we go, like I've said this a hundred times, we're going to get up to heaven. and we're, we're, The joy, the light, the glory, the peace, the happiness. 
we, the Bible says you can't even understand and begin to understand the joy and the happiness you're going to have in heaven and the relief. And we're going to be up there in heaven and we're going to turn to the Lord and say, Lord, this is so wonderful. This is so amazing. And the Lord's going to say, I would have brought you up here a lot sooner. But you kept praying to stay down there so you can pay taxes and pay too much for eggs and milk and be hurting and your back hurt and your leg. You, you, that's, that's us. We don't have, we're not the manner of man like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that has spiritual eyes that knows what the Lord's doing and tries to put his faith in what God the Father can do and is going to do. And these disciples living in the flesh are like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die. And Jesus Christ gets up, be calm, calm down. I think he's talking to the sea as much as he's talking to his disciples. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Peace be still. Peace be still. Cast your fears, because I know we're afraid when we get to that time. Cast your fears at the feet of Jesus. That's where they should all go. All your fears should be cast at the feet of Jesus. That's where they should all go. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? That's a good question for this morning. Why are we so fearful? Why are we so fearful? You know, I talked to some old timers, and uh, some of these old timers, they'll say, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I didn't understand that when I was a younger Christian. I'm like, you're crazy out of your mind. I understand it now. Because as you get older, all your loved ones are gone on before you. And, and, and you got loved ones down here, but you, you wouldn't mind seeing some loved ones up there. Amen. And you know, that's going to be a lot better place. That's a lot. If you just have enough faith to know I'm going to pass through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. And let the Lord take me. The Lord will be there with you. We need to cast all those fears at the feet of Jesus. That's where they all belong. Why do you cast them at the feet of Jesus, Brother Keegan? Because there's no other man like this man. There's no other man like this man. I'm not talking about casting your fears at the feet of, pope, of the Pope. Or of science. Or some professor. Or some scholar. Or some Baptist preacher. I'm asking you to cast all your fears at the feet of Jesus. Why? Why should I? Because this man is the only one I've known of ever recorded in history to calm the storm that you're going through. Verse 39, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. He's the only man I know of you can go to that can calm those storms alive. That can give you that peace. You know, I was getting this sermon together and, and, reading, and, and writing some of this stuff down and uh, was kind of making some notes and the Lord was speaking to my heart and I called my, my, I called my older sister. My older sister's dealing with stage four cancer and they're not giving her much hope. And we're, of course, we're praying. Amen, I, don't, I got faith that God can heal her. I really believe that. Now, that's up to God what he's going to do. But, and she does too. And she said, uh, Keegan... She said, I told somebody the other day, she said, I, I, I'm praying God will heal me up, and I really believe he is. I think he's going to. Don't get me wrong. She said, but if, uh, if he doesn't heal me up, he, she said, I only have one place I'm going to get to go, and that's my heavenly home. And I thought about this on this sermon, and I thought, wow, the Lord's just giving me a witness. There's some of us out there that still live like that. There's some of us out there that are living in faith. How can she do that? How can she have faith like that? 
It's because of God. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's because of the Holy Spirit living in her. God giving her grace and peace. He promised to a Christian to, get, to calm them down. Peace. Be still. What manner of man is Jesus Christ? Well, he's a man like you've never known. That's the kind of manner of man he is. He's a man unlike any man you've ever known or you're ever going to know. If you don't believe me, you don't want to take this old preacher's word for it, read your Bible. He's amazing. He's got amazing words. He's got amazing deeds. I love the way he carries himself. Jesus Christ carried himself a whole lot more like John Wayne than Gomer Pyle. So don't listen to the world. Our Lord and Savior, he's a whole lot more like Chuck Norris than any other people. And I think that's kind of funny. Because I got to thinking about this, I'm like, what kind of man is Jesus Christ? And, and what does the world think of? The world has their men, they like to try to lift up, you know? Football stars, baseball stars, politicians, oh, they love politicians. They, why they love politicians, I'll never know, but they lift them up. They love lifting up these men. And I'm like, none of these men are like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But they love to take these men, there's a, even the, even the, why are all the beer commercials the best commercials? You ever notice that? Why does it have to be that way? One of my favorite ones was that Das Equest or whatever, that beer where they had that guy, the, mo man, the, world's most, the world's most interesting man. You ever seen those? The world's most interesting man, you know. He's, he, uh, it's one of them, like, I think one of them was, uh, when he shakes your hand, you put it on your resume. You know. I love that kind of stuff, man. I love that. That's why I love that Chuck Norris stuff. You know, the, they do that with Chuck Norris. They have all these things about Chuck Norris, you know. Uh, Chuck Norris once brought a knife to a gunfight just to even the odds. Chuck Norris, when he meets the Pope, the Pope kisses his ring. You know, we have Shark Week on uh, Discovery Channel, whatever. The sharks have a week dedicated to him. He's so, he's so fearful. He once made a weeping willow to laugh. He once taught a German shepherd how to bark in Spanish. The circus, went, the circus ran away to join him. Superman has pajamas with his logo on them. Time, time stops for no man except Chuck Norris. Chuck actually died four years ago, but the Grim Reaper can't get up the courage to go tell him. I love this stuff. I mean, the world loves that. I mean, that's real popular. I mean, I've got a book at home with this stuff. That's where I get this stuff from. I got a book about this thick with just Chuck Norris stuff like that, you know. I just love this kind of stuff. But do you realize, and the world may not realize this, and I'm about to educate some of you, and if you're listening to me, I'm really going to educate some of you. Maybe you might not know this. Chuck Norris is a Christian. And Chuck Norris, yes, he's not going to bow down to any man but one man. That man is Jesus Christ. He'll bow down to Jesus Christ. And I got to looking at this, and I got to thinking about Chuck Norris being a Christian, and I got to thinking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I thought, I had these listed out, and, I, and it just like dawned on me. It's like the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, just took the back of his hand, he smacked me in the back of the head and said, Wake up, Keegan. <laughs> Wake up. Look at that. Look at that a little closer. And I'm looking at that, and I'm like, everything that Chuck Norris is said to do, our Lord and Savior does. See, we know those are jokes, Amen. I, those things I read to you about Chuck Norris, those are funny because they're, they're comical because the, the, he can't do that stuff. But our Lord and Savior does. 
I'm going to read, I'm gonna read these. I read those to you. Let me read those to you again in, in Jesus Christ. Jesus is going to bring a sword to a gunfight just to even the odds. Revelation 19. When Jesus meets the Pope, the Pope is going to kiss his ring. This is amazing. Sharks, that's Philippians 2. Sharks have a week dedicated to him. That's Revelation 4. He created all things. All things were created for his pleasure. He once made a weeping willow laugh. Jesus Christ is going to make the trees stand up and start singing and clapping their hands. That's in Psalms. It says, it says about Chuck Norris that once he taught a German shepherd how to bark in Spanish, where our God taught a donkey how to speak Hebrew. That's no big deal. Numbers 22. Balaam's ass, y'all remember that? The circus ran away to join him. The circus ran away to join him. You ask me and Joker, we're just a bunch of clowns. And we ran off to join Jesus Christ. And if you're a good circus, you will run off and join Jesus Christ. Superman has his pajamas, has his pajamas with his logo. That's Philippians 2. Every character, every, every uh, movie actor, anybody you can think of is going to bow down to Jesus Christ. Every one of them. Time stops for no man except for Jesus Christ. Amen. Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10. Jesus actually died 2,000 years ago, but the Grim Reaper can't get up the courage to tell him. Amen. Ain't that amazing? The world loves to take somebody like Chuck Norris and they put him up on this pedestal and they start coming up with all these ideas of all these things he can do. And it's real funny, it's real comical. But when you take our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's exactly what he can do. So why aren't you receiving him? Why aren't you taking him as your Lord and Savior? What are, you, what are you waiting on? I don't know what you're waiting on. Maybe you were like me when I was growing up. I always took Jesus Christ as being a little bit soft. Just a little bit. Light in the loafers. You know, I, I picture Jesus Christ is walking around picking out flowers out of a field and putting them in his hair and love, 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 love. And I didn't have the real Jesus Christ. Just like you didn't have the real Chuck Norris. You didn't know, maybe you didn't know Chuck Norris was a Christian. Maybe you don't know this, but Chuck Norris could whip Bruce Lee with his hand, one arm tied behind his back. So y'all got to understand, Bruce Lee, they always try to take up about Bruce Lee being the greatest kung fu fighter and this time. Bruce Lee... Bruce Lee was fast, he was quick, but Bruce Lee was a little bitty guy. And everything you see about Bruce Lee was out of a movie. When Bruce Lee called Chuck Norris and told Chuck Norris, I want you to star in this movie with me, Chuck Norris says, well, am, I going, am, I, am I winning or are you winning? And Bruce Lee laughed. He goes, no, it's my movie. I get to win. Chuck Norris could have whipped him, and Bruce Lee knew that. Chuck Norris was a karate champion. Chuck Norris is a real deal. He got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu way before anybody even knew what that was. And that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is what everybody uses to win in the UFC and cage fighting today. Chuck Norris was doing that in the 70s. Chuck Norris has looked for the truth all his life. That's what led him to Jesus Christ. Look this stuff up. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. Stop listening to the media. Man, stop getting your news off of NBC and CBS and turn off that TV and start looking at stuff. Start investigating it for yourself. They don't want you to know this. Satan does not want you to know this. Satan doesn't want you to understand that this manner of man, Jesus Christ, he's different than anybody else you know. Amen. 
Are you ever going to know? And when you're making up these great stories about Superman or Chuck Norris or Bruce Lee or whoever else you idolize, John Wayne, that is Jesus Christ. John Wayne, I never met the man. I don't know if he really was like that, like he was in the movies. But that's Jesus Christ. You want a John Wayne? That's Jesus Christ. You want a Chuck Norris? That's Jesus Christ. You want somebody to love you? Like Brad Pitt? I guess you'd pick him out. I don't know who you want to love you. That's Jesus Christ. But it's the truth. And the world has took all... they got to worship something. So they'll put somebody else up on a pedestal. They'll worship, they're going to worship somebody. But anybody but that man, Jesus Christ. What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Well, he's the man, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 34. And I'm starting to wrap it up. Verse 34. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciple. What manner of man is Jesus Christ? According to verse 34, he's the kind of man you can't truly get to know until you have a personal relationship with him. You got to have a personal relationship with him. You can't really get to know him. He's the kind of man that it's kind of standoffish. You don't really know him. He's going to tell you things that you're not going to understand. He's going to tell you things that are in parables. And he, he did that to him. And it says there that he waited until he got his friends, his disciples around him. And then he said, let me tell you how it really is. Let me tell you really what's going to happen. They all knew. They, they were getting all the inside scoop. He's the kind of man that you can only really truly get to know him when you put your trust in him. Question. Have you put your trust in him? You can't understand Jesus Christ and you can't appreciate Jesus Christ until you have a personal relationship with him. I can talk about him, I can brag on him, I can preach on him, I can tell, he, I can tell you all the things he can do and all the things he can do for you, but you really can't understand until you put your trust in him and have a personal relationship with him. Question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Amen. You know... So many people say, there's lots of interesting people. There's lots of people. Because Jesus Christ is so amazing. They'll say, there's lots. Uh, uh, take Muhammad. Muhammad is an interesting guy. The followers of Muhammad will die for him. No doubt about it. Amen. Amen? The followers of Muhammad will die for him. What manner of man is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ will die for his followers. Now take that. Take that and think on it for a little while. I won't argue with you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Muhammad's followers will die for him. But will he die for them? My Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You don't have to answer that question for Jesus. He did it. I have the answer. You might think you have the answer for whatever. I have the answer. Jesus Christ will die for his followers. He's a man that's willing to die for his friends. He's a man that's willing to put up with the foolishness of his friends. He's a man that's willing to put up with any kind of sin you've done and take it and wash it and cover it and invite you and adopt you into the family of God. 
I'm going to simply close by saying this. What manner of man is this man, Jesus Christ? He's the best man you can ever know. Amen. He's my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, I feel sorry for you. You're missing out. He is the world's most interesting and amazing man. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ. Father, I just thank you, Lord God, that you do calm the seas of life. Lord, thank you for the storms you bring into our life, Lord God. Sometimes it takes those storms for us to turn to you and start looking towards you and start praying to you and start acknowledging you, Father. And Lord, I just, Father, I just pray, you, Lord, you just forgive us for that. And Lord, I just pray through your grace and mercy, Lord, you give us the faith to see the future, Lord God, like you see it. To see what you have waiting for us, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes heavenly bound and not to be looking around on this earth, Lord God. Father, help us. Lord, I just pray, Father. You know our will. We want some healing, Lord God. We want some healing in our families and our loved ones, Lord God, in our church. But Lord, we know you, you're working all things out. And Lord, we know that your word says, that Job said in your word, though he slay me, Yet will I trust in Him. Lord, we trust You. We put all, all our trust in You, Lord. We thank You for a place called heaven. We thank You, Lord God, that You got our loved ones up there waiting for us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Let's, let's have an invitation. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, come on down and get saved. What are you waiting on? If you've never made that decision, come on down. If you don't know Jesus Christ like I'm explaining Him, come on down and get to know Him. Maybe you need to come down to the prayer altar and, and get something right with the Lord. That's between you and Him. But whatever you do, don't leave those doors without doing something for the Lord. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the Internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16. And most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. 
Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him.